Well, guys, I knew this day would come. It finally happened. TikTok banned my original TikTok account. I know a lot of you guys followed me from TikTok. So if you haven't seen a TikTok from me in quite a while, that's why. You can now follow me on my new TikTok account, at ComeOnManPod. That's all one word, at ComeOnManPod. Please follow me. Help me rebuild. I was at almost 30,000 followers when they kicked me off their platform. So come on, follow me back. I certainly appreciate it. Thank you. What's up, everybody? You are listening to Come On, Man a 3% man podcast. I'm your host, Paul Bauer, and I am on the road to being a 3% man just like you. If you're new to the show, this is a podcast for fellow students of Corey Wayne's book, How to Be a 3% Man, and for men who just want to be better in general. We talk about dating, gaining wealth, being happy, and using the law of attraction to get everything we want in life. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another week of Come On, Man. If you're listening on Spotify or iTunes or Google or whatever, whatever podcast platform you're listening to, be sure to subscribe. I have new episodes every week. If you are watching this on YouTube, please subscribe and also hit those notifications. And uh, not only do we have the weekly podcast episode on YouTube, but I also like to post uh, periodic uh, vlogs on there as well, you know, where I talk about various things I'm listening, things that uh, I'm learning, things that I found in practice, just other valuable information. All right, guys, this week I have 3% brother from Michigan, Ryan Mack, joining me. He's also a former Navy brother. He was a, a corpsman for many years in the U.S. Navy. And uh, he joined me to discuss his 3% path, issues he's had with uh, ex-girlfriend trying to come back, stringing them along, stuff like that. Uh, how, you know, he's been like the 3% man book actually got his uh, now ex-girlfriend, former fiance to come into his life. And, um, and also like some other books he's listening to, like all the things that he's learning with the rational male, Rolo Tomasi. Uh, all in all, it was a very, very good conversation. And I will bring you that right after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm not sure what you're doing tonight, but what I'm doing involves a bottle of Carvassier and a lady. Well, maybe not the Carvassier, but definitely a lady. If you're like me, you're tired of expensive, girly-smelling colognes from expensive department stores. You don't want to smell like a little bitch. You want to smell like a friggin' man. That's why I've partnered with Duke Cannon. Duke Cannon has a wide range of men's grooming products that actually smell manly as hell. My personal favorites are their Naval Supremacy Bar Soap and all of their awesome smelling colognes that women love. I have several of their colognes for different days of the week, but my Saturday night cologne is Grant because it gets the job done. 
if you know what I mean. Right now, if you visit duke.comeonmanpod.com, you get free shipping on orders over $25. Using duke.comeonmanpod.com tells them I sent you and you get free shipping. Win-win. Again, that's duke.comeonmanpod.com. Don't smell like a little bitch. All right, 3% brother from Michigan, Ryan Max joining me today. What's up, brother? Good. How are you doing? Good. Now, Ryan's not just 3% brother. He's a Navy brother. Yeah. <laughs> former former Navy corpsman. Uh, you, uh, like you and I connected in the group months ago. You were dealing uh, a lot with like an ex, ex-girlfriend who was trying to keep you around, trying to wind a co-parent with you, um, stuff like that. Uh, so, but we, we had that common, you know, previous military bond and stuff like that. So we chatted a lot back then. Um, how's that all, how's that all going for you? Cause I know that's still like an issue. She still like keeps popping back up, still doesn't realize that you guys have broken up, still wants you to watch your kid for and shit while she goes out and ha- lives her best life. Like how, how's that going for you? Um, it's, uh, it's been difficult, you know, uh, I've really started to uh, focus now on setting more definite boundaries. Um, it's challenging to say no, you know, especially when you, uh, you know, you want to be there for someone that you've had such a long term relationship with and, uh, raising her child with her as, you know, I'm not the biological father and, uh, uh, we, you know, it's been going, going on for four and a half years now. And, uh, it's, it's a touchy subject, you know, emotions are involved. Um, you know, and like you said, my Navy background, I was a hospital corpsman and, uh, that was my job in the military to, you know, help people, help people that are hurting, you know, coming in with all sorts of aches and pains and at times being a therapist, uh, when I was overseas deployed, I had Marines talking to me about their personal issues and problems back home, uh, with family finances, and what have you being away from their kids and uh just being a, a way of having distance between you and your family is difficult yeah. um so you know um i i really enjoy uh being there for the people i care about but um you know since we don't have that uh exclusive relationship anymore um, that she seems to still want to hang on to. And uh, that's the issue. She's trying to drag me back into s- expecting me to be there um, for her and uh, creating those boundaries is the difficult task at hand. Sure, sure. I, I mean, also, I, I think it's real easy for third party men that listen to this to go, bro, it's not your kid. It's not your problem anymore. Just drop her. Right. But it's not, it's not that simple, right? Like you basically helped her raise this child from an infant. You know, you're basically the only real dad that this child knows. Right. So like when kids are involved, it definitely complicates things. I think a lot of guys, um, that's, that's one of the main reasons why I think a lot of guys are like, don't date single mothers. Cause you don't want to have to be put in that, that role. Right. But, um, but I mean, it, it's too late to change all that. It, you're already in that role. So it's like, you also don't want to 
impact this child that you're really, it's not the child's fault that you and the mom didn't, you know, didn't work out. So yeah, it's, I, I would say that's definitely a, a tough spot, tough spot to be in tough, definitely uh, hard to navigate those waters. But I think, I think you're doing the right thing, you know, like creating those boundaries and stuff like that is, is super yeah. important, super important. Mm-hmm. Um, but to get onto a more positive subject, <laughs> yeah. you actually met her after reading 3% Man, right? Yeah, uh, I first um, read the book 3% Man uh, in 2011, started following a lot of uh, the videos, YouTube videos um, and that. Uh, and I went through a long-term relationship back then that lasted a few years with another single mother that didn't work out. Um, so this was second go at it. And uh, the, the principles really helped me um, attract my ex-fiance um, with her child that was six months old when we got together. And, uh, you know, everything, everything went along great, smoothly, uh, attraction. Uh, it was a easy process just following the principles. I guess, you know, along the way, everybody tends to get complacent and, uh, that can be the downfall for a lot of guys and was certainly, uh, part of my downfall with things, um, that, and just not sticking to properly, uh, courting and dating, you know, your, your woman, you know, your girlfriend, wife, fiance, whatever, you got to continue the dating process. And, uh, you know, that was definitely challenging with an infant. So, um, wasn't expected for some of those challenges to be so, uh, difficult. Um, definitely put a lot of stress on a, a, a young relationship and, uh, and that, so, yeah, the, the 3% book, it, uh, it, it definitely helps, you know, along with, uh, reading, um, other, uh, authors work. Would you, so, so when you, uh, so you, you read 3% man, obviously after in 2011, uh, and you found your, your now ex-girlfriend, ex-fiance, like, did you just like stop Mm -hmm. reading the book? Like in the, like in the relationship or were you still continuing to read it then? Oh no, I was still continuing to read it. Um, I was still getting emails with, uh, the video clips, uh, YouTube videos that I would catch every week or so. Um, so it's, it's been something I've, I've never put down. Okay. Um, but, uh, it's very easy to get complacent and, you know, with, uh, even on a daily basis, you can, you know, you really have to stay in frame with and focused on, on this type of lifestyle. It's, it's, uh, something you practice every day. It's not just something you read once or twice and say, Oh yeah, I got it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's funny. I mean, one of the, one of my passes going through the book, it really clicked with me when, when Corey says that, you know, Corey says that he was in a relationship and it started going south and, and he was like, he was really too high on his own bullshit. You know, he really mm-hmm. thought he knew everything and he realized that he was really messing things up. So even Corey Wayne himself admits that he falls down sometimes, you know, gets complacent and then has to go back and revisit this stuff and start 
like mentally having that in the forefront of their, of their head to keep practicing. Right. That, Cause that part, yeah. when, when I was dating a uh, Marine Corps chick, that was one of the things that I was really trying to make sure I didn't, I didn't do when I was like really trying to make it work was like, okay, I need to keep focusing on this stuff so I don't get lazy with it and stuff like that. I mean, obviously that didn't, that didn't work out, but it wasn't from a lack of me trying to apply the principles, you know, it was a lack of her wanting to put the work in on her side. So, um, so, so you, so you, you said that you've kept that going, right? You were, you did that all through the relationship. You never put it down. You paid attention to the videos. And then obviously you're in the 3% man Facebook group now, and you've, mm-hmm. you know, you, you continue to read it. You read other things. You're reading Rolo Tomasi the other day. Um, but how many times would you say that you've read 3% Man now? Uh, I'd, I'd say physically read it um, 11 times now, maybe 12. And uh, I've listened to it, God, countless many times over and over again. I would... um just play it a, a chapter or so um in the in the car listen to it on a on a daily basis um so i'd i'd, I'd say another dozen or times on the audio version of wow. it okay i'm uh, uh I, at the time of this recording i'm i'm on my <laughs> fifth, 15th read of it and i decided like on the fourth read of it i, I read it in paperback i was like okay i've listened to it three times i want to at least read it once and so on the fifteenth read, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna actually read it again in paperback. But man, I struggle with with reading it in paperback, like finding the time to just sit down and do it. Whereas I feel like audio is just so it's it's just effortless, you know. Like I, I I'm gonna go for a jog. I'm gonna throw it on. I'm gonna I'm gonna be on a commute to uh, Grand Junction, which is like you know 45 minutes from here. Perfect time to throw on an audio book and just you know let your mind take that in. But yeah, so so the fact that you've read it in paperback eleven times is really impressive. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I read it on the. I, I uh, use the Kindle version. I like that. It's easy. It's on hand. I can take it with me. Um, I started reading it more. I'd say originally I read the read it three times over, and then I started to stick with audio because I just I learned better retaining it with audio. And like I agree with you, you know on a drive commute, you can do it. But I started noticing there was stuff I wouldn't remember or I'd forget. And by seeing it in, in print on the screen, I'd be like, Oh, I missed that. I remember, I remember reading that the first time, but I forgot about that. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's, there is benefits to both, you know, whether even, even if you're a better audio learner than visual, both is definitely the way I would go with it. Yeah. Bob Proctor, uh, he's, he was in the movie, the secret. I talk about him a lot, but he, he explains that like why reading books multiple times is important. He says, because a lot of times, you know, even if you're listening to it or reading it, it's the same principle. You're going through the book and you're, you're paying attention to what the book has to say. And then something in the book will send your brain off on a tangent. So you'll be up here thinking about whatever the hell it is that, you know, made you, uh, you know, you clicked with, right. You're still like reading or you're still listening, but you're not really paying attention. And then you'll come back down to the, where the book is and stuff like that and continue. Like you never left off, but you, 
didn't retain any of this shit before. So then when you go back and read it again and you go off on one of those tangents, you'll come back down at a place where you didn't remember before. And you're like, Oh shit. I don't, I didn't remember that that time, you know, and it'll click at that time and then send your brain off on some other tangent. So I finally understood why Corey says you got to read a book 10 to 15 times, <laughs> you know, if you really want to retain it, cause you only get 10% of what, what you're actually reading or listening to. Um, okay. So, so we talked about, or I mentioned that you were, you're recently reading uh, rational mail. What, what other like dating relationship, you know, understanding women type books have you read? Um, I, ha- I have a couple different ones. I've, uh, added to my Kindle list, Law of Attraction. Uh, there was a, a couple other ones. They weren't by big authors, but they had some chapters here and there that had uh, corresponding uh, information that carried over. They were, they were a lot shorter versions, um, books you could read in just an hour or two. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that... Um, you know, uh, just the other day, I caught something uh, with the rational mail uh, that stood yeah. out. You know, when you're, you don't want to get trapped into uh, a date and uh, focused on thinking, you know, okay, I got this or um, everything's going great. You, you know, you got to stay centered. You can't let your emotions get ahead of you and, you know, kind of put the cart in front of the horse. Mm-hmm. You know, like when, for example, when my ex kind of came back into the picture and uh, we got back together, sort of, I got sucked into thinking, oh, okay, everything's great now. We're back together. We're not, you know, we're not exclusive yet. It was, I kind of put the cart in front of the horse, mm. thinking it was smooth sailing and, uh, and that. So you kind of still have to stay in frame and remember the principles of, you know, being uh everything's a fresh start. Everything's treat everything like a first date. If you treat everything like a first date, you're going to be so much more relaxed and just take it one step at a time. You know, yeah. slow and steady wins the race kind of, kind of approach. Yeah. I think, uh, I think that's a good point. Uh, Dr. Glover calls that uh, not focusing on outcome. Yeah. Just like, you know, go into a date, not expecting anything, just in like Corey calls it, hang out, have fun, hook up. Right. Yeah. Just don't, I, although I do say that if uh, with that last part, the hookup part, a lot mm-hmm. of guys are focusing on that hookup part, you know, as an outcome, they're like, if I go into this, if, if I go into this date and I, I can easily hang out, I can easily have fun, but I want to get to that hookup. And if that doesn't happen, it's a, it, the date's a failure. I disagree. And, and, uh, but I think a lot of guys really sort of focus on that hookup part too, as sex, whereas Corey explains it in his videos and in the book that just kissing is, you know, he considers that a hookup, you know? So if you hang out, have fun, and then just end up making out at the end of the date, like that's a successful date too, but two guys, too much, too many guys just get focused on outcome. Like, uh, you know, I want to get to sex. I want to get into this long-term relationship. I want to get to the next date, you know? And it's just like, stop that shit. Cause you're just going to come across as, you're going to end up coming across as needy and it's going to, you're, you're not going to outward, you're going to outwardly project being needy and that's going to drive women away. 
Yeah, when you're trying to rush to the end of the outcome, that's like putting the movie on fast forward. You're speeding through all the good parts that, you know, you want to enjoy and take your time enjoying. You know, it's it's like a good book. You don't just read the first couple chapters, flip and read the end. You know, yeah. take your time, take it one step at a time, one chapter at a time. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, yeah, it's like uh, when, when Corey talks about, uh, you know, women um, are more attracted to men whose feelings are unclear, which you duetted with me on, uh, on TikTok, by the way. So thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I love that, that one. That's a great advice from yeah. Corey. Yeah. yeah and it's, and it's because women want a love story. They, in, in, in all these trashy love novels, that's how, that's how they go. It goes like women want to unravel that mystery as it goes. And, and that's how you build, that attraction you know if you just give everything away up front yeah you want them asking you questions oh tell me more oh what did you have in mind for this weekend you know keep the anticipation going keep them guessing keep them on their toes Mm -hmm. you know you can stay on your toes planning the next day you know that's see let me ask you that question so that is the hardest part for me of all of this stuff is uh always having to be the man with the plan, you know, because you're, you're always trying to keep things exciting. So, but like, if you live in a small town where I live and I, and you, I, you you live in a, you don't live in a big bustling city either, right? No, I'm kind of between two major cities, but yeah, I'm out, out in the country in a small town. Same, same. Yeah. I've got, uh, I'm in, I'm in between Montrose, Colorado and Grand Junction, Colorado. And those even, those by themselves aren't big towns, you know, but Grand Junction is like, I think the third biggest city in, in Colorado. And it's not even that big. And, uh, and so, yeah, like, I mean, there, you have a limited amount of things you can do, you know, you can only take a chick to play pool so many times. You can only take a chick out bowling so many times. You can only go out hiking so many times before it's like, okay, this is all we're fucking doing all the time. You know? So it's just like, yeah. how do you keep that kind of shit spicy? <clears throat> I mean, that is the biggest challenge. But you have to do it as a man. Like you have to be the one that makes these plans, you know, unless, I mean, every once in a while, a woman will come up with, with an idea and then it'll be like, oh, thank God, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, it takes the pressure off, you know? It definitely yeah, does. That's, that's, that's hard. You know, the pressure's always on us, you know, and some guys perform better under pressure. And, uh, you know, if you're spinning a few plates and uh, you got other options, you know, you you'll get the hang of uh, what works, what some women like, you yeah. know, some women might, might not want to go bowling. They might prefer, you know, a movie night in or something once in a while. But, uh, and this, this year alone has been difficult, you know, with COVID trying to get out, actually go on physical dates Yeah. with depending on your location with stuff being closed or closing early, having curfew hours. It definitely puts uh, <clears throat> a difficult spin on things to be creative and exciting. Yeah. Um, oh, the, you, yeah. What, what, one beautiful thing about COVID though is uh, so before, before all this lockdown stuff, you know, like Corey talks about in the book, like women typically won't sleep with a man until second or third date on average. Right. And I was always of the mindset that it, it, it takes about three dates, it takes about three dates for a woman to, to want to, you know, give it up. <laughs> and so I, I'd never even tried for the first two dates. 
up, up until COVID, right? I was always like, okay, let's set a first date. You know, let's, uh, let's have fun, you know, always go for a kiss. Uh, but then go home, you know, and then try to set another date and then second date. Great. Same thing. You know, let's go have fun, go for a kiss, but third date. Okay. It's happening. You know, this is, this is going on. Right. And, but it, when, when COVID happened, because everything was shut down, it was like, there was nothing else to do. So I would first date, I was like, okay, let's meet up at a park. I'll smuggle some wine and we'd go there and I'd bring wine in a backpack with some, you know, plastic wine glasses and stuff. And then, or if they weren't into wine, I'd bring whatever, but uh, like a cooler yeah. beer or something. And we'd sit there and chill and have a good conversation. Then after that was done, maybe go walk around the park and, and stuff like that. Then second date, I was like, why don't you come over to my house and I'll cook you dinner. And then it was just like, ba-bam. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it exactly. was like, you know, uh, lamb to the lion's den. And I was like, holy shit, like this could have worked. This probably could have worked before COVID, you know? Yeah. But um, it was a good excuse. I don't, I don't know if it's hookup culture, dating apps, but I feel m more women are okay with getting to know you uh, virtually, digitally through text and video chatting. And they're perfectly fine with a first date being at your house and dinner and a movie mm -hmm. and possibly having fun on the first date or second or third. Mm -hmm. um, with, with that, how would you feel? I, if a woman were to hook up on the, on the first date, uh, how do you feel about that? Do you lose respect for them? Or is that, you know, yeah. does that first date then become a one night stand? It won't become a one night stand, but uh, yeah, I definitely lose a little bit of respect. Honestly, I, that's only happened once. Actually, no, I mean, I, it could have happened a couple of times. Uh, yeah. My last long-term girlfriend, like she was really pushing for it that first date. And I was just like, and at that time I was just like, what the fuck? I sort of needed that though, right? because I was floundering. I think I've told this story a thousand times. I was floundering on the dating circuit at that point. And so I needed a woman that was just like, you know, super forward to really just, you know, otherwise I would have, I would have just struggled for years. Um, but, but I didn't, I didn't put out on that first date <laughs> because I was just like, I, I, that was really just kind of like a, what, you know, and that, in that whole entire time yeah. we were together, that was always in the back of my mind, like, Jesus Christ, she, she wanted to get a hotel room on the first date. Like, what does that really say about a woman, you know? And that was, it, yeah, that was my thing. Yeah, I think she was uh, she was definitely in post uh, what they call a uh, post divorce ho phase. Ho phase, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that, I think that was a lot of her problem. But um, and then you know was it 2019 right after I broke up with that gal, uh, I did go on a date and it was like this this chicken Montrose and I you know I thought we were having fun and stuff like that, but I, I wasn't seeing like a lot of like high attraction body language stuff like you know Corey describes in the book. But I went for a kiss at the end of the night. And the next thing I know, she was like all over me. And she was like, I want you right now and stuff. And I was like, I didn't even, I didn't even bring a condom because I was like, I, I wasn't expecting this as a first date. So I, I had to like insist that we go to a gas station, go, go get protection. <laughs> but right. gave, her what she, gave her what she needed. Um, that only lasted like, I, I had another date with her uh, the next night. And that was another just hookup meetup. But I never, I never went out with her after that because she, that's all she wanted. And I, I am the kind of guy where I, I can't just do that. I can't just be there for hookups and then go home. Like I'm not just some kind of piece of meat ladies. Okay. <laughs> right. Okay. I want some respect. <laughs> yeah. 
Wine me I, a dining. I definitely Jeez. want the same. Yeah. So like, I need to have a little bit of a connection. I, it's not just about hooking up. Like I, I want to go out and have fun with these women. I want to go out and like build something that could potentially lead to something, you know, but yeah. At the same time, like I'm not rushing into that next relationship either. Like I'm more than happy to like play the field and have these, you know, dating type relationships with multiple women until I find the right one you know, yeah. but I just, I don't want to meet up and just like bang in the back of a car. That's just not cool for me. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've been into those type of women. Um, yeah. I, uh, I, myself, I'm not rushing out there for another long-term relationship. Uh, I'm dirt certainly don't want to, you know, play that hookup card. You know, I don't want a woman to think I'm that easy or, you know, I don't want them to miss confuse that. Oh, if he does this with me, that he must do this with all sorts of women mm -hmm. all the time. Uh, yeah, there was there was a girl I dated. She was uh, on the first date. Um, we went out to dinner, had dinner. It, there was a loud band playing. Couldn't really talk well. So, you know, I moved it to the next location, said, hey, why don't we get out of here? Go play some pool. Uh, she was all for that. Oh, great. I love playing pool. So we went and did that. Uh, I finally got to have some conversation over a game of pool. Second game of pool in, she brings up the sex, you know throws that into conversation mm -hmm. so right away the indicators of interest were high I knew she was more than willing to hook up and uh you know she we, we did we ended up hooking up on the first date and <laughs> uh, I, I kind of lost some you know that is that's where the principles come into play and it's so easy to just read the body language read the indicators of interest that women bring up on their own and uh just go with the flow but uh, I, I did lose some respect for that woman a little bit with that. And uh, we didn't date real long. Mm -hmm. we, did, we did go on a few other dates. Um, as for uh, my, my ex-fiance, uh, when we got together, I guess I was um, a little more hesitant. Like you said, you know, you didn't hook up on that one date of yours where you could tell the woman wanted it. Yeah. Uh, our first date, I took her out to a, a pizza joint. We had pizza was a good time and everything. And I actually didn't go for the kiss on the first date. And, um, it was interesting. I, I could see that it was there. I could see she was pigeoning with her keys. I walked her to her car and, uh, I just, uh, decided in the moment, you know what, I'm not going to go for it. And I kind of left her hanging, kind of left her wanting more. Mm -hmm. And it actually <laughs> could have backfired on me. <laughs> and I might not have got called for a second date, yeah. but, uh, our second date, she, we, we kissed right away and into the date and it was a really hot, passionate kiss. And, uh, you know, she complimented me on be me being a great kisser. And I told her the same and she was actually slightly annoyed that, uh, I didn't go for it on the first date, but she said it really piqued her interest and curiosity to, she couldn't wait for that second date. Mm. You know, it, that it's funny that you bring that up too, because I, like I always say, always go for a kiss. And yeah. Cor Corey in his book says, he says that too, basically. He says, you know, it's the ultimate test of interest at the end of the night, go for a kiss. And I, and I, I started doing that just because, and I've told this story countless times too, like when I got back on the dating circuit in 2019, I went out on a date with this really hot chick and on the way home, like I didn't kiss her because I, I just didn't see any body language signs. I also didn't fucking know any body language signs at that time. But she, she texted me on the way home saying, you know, I'm really surprised you didn't kiss me. And I was just like, what? And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm always going to go for it. I'm just always going to do yeah. it. 
but it, you know, I'm, I'm listening to, I think, I think it's my eighth time now listening to dating essentials for men by Dr. Robert Glover. And he actually recommends not kissing on the first date for the same reason that you just mentioned, which is, you know, first of all, like kissing is, is pretty intimate. Oh, yeah. It's, book. I didn't catch that. Yeah. He said, he says like, he doesn't recommend it on the first date because it, you know, it is kind of intimate and, you know, it's not something you do on the first date, but it's definitely something you should do on the second date. I disagree with that, but, but I can see, you know, I can see where that could work, you know, which book was that the dating, No, uh, dating essentials for men. Dating, okay. Yeah. Dr. Dr. Glover, not uh Rolo. Oh, not Rolo. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So you know, it's, you know, it's funny though, since we're on the topic of kissing on dates and stuff like that, uh, there's a, there's a gal I keep seeing popping up on TikTok all the time. Her handle is Canada's dating coach. Um, right. I think her name is Chanel or something like that. I, I, but she's written a, a bunch of books and she has this whole thing that she's teaching women and it's called the no kissing for three months rule. <laughs> right. That's insane. I can't right. believe that. Right. Where she's been trying that. She's just like, she's like, you be upfront with a man and say like, look, you know, I'm really just trying to find like the right guy. And I want to know you're in this for me. So I will not kiss you for three months. And that really weeds out the boys from the men or something. And I'm like, you're going to be friend zoning a lot of fucking guys, or they're going to be friend zoning you a lot because like, I get respect a woman. If she says, look, I won't have sex until this time, you know, and and if, if you really like her, you might, you might be like, okay, fine. And if you're dating a bunch of other women, like it might not matter because you're getting your needs met elsewhere. But, uh, and, and, and like, I would, I would definitely respect that. But if you're not kissing me, like you just want a fucking buddy and I'm out, <laughs> you know, that's a yeah. huge time waste for me. Yeah. I could see that. I can't see too many women, uh, uh, going 90 days without, uh, hooking up, let alone 90 days without kissing. Yeah. Um, you know, they, and you know, some people say kissing can be just as passionate as sex, you know, the this lead up to it, but <laughs> right. They always say that, but, uh, it can be, it can be passionate. That's what, women, that's what women tell us and they want us to think, Yeah. you know, but you don't, you don't ask a, a fish how to catch a fish. Oh uh, man. The fe- like, I, I just did a video on, on TikTok about, about that. And oh my God, the feminists are just lighting me the fuck up. And I'm just like, Oh, in the comments, kick rocks ladies, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, I definitely usually go for the kiss on a date. You can definitely tell whether someone has high interest or not. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, I mean, like uh, go back to Dr. Glover, um, which I think is, is fascinating that he says, don't kiss on the first date because he also says, get to rejection quickly, you know, which means like, cause you want to filter out women and, and you only want to be dating women with high interest. So if you go for a kiss on that first date and she's not into you easy, boom, she's out, you know, and you can move on to the next chick and cause the next chick will probably have higher interest. Right. So I don't know. I think he almost contradicts himself with that approach mm-hmm. just because it's all about high interest. I think. Yeah. Uh, they're definitely for any relationship to work out. You definitely got to have interest on both sides. You've got to both be involved equally 
as much. You know, that's where mirror game comes into play so well with texting, you know? Yeah. Uh, that's that's a, a really, really good, um, uh, useful tool. Yeah, you know, yeah. matching interests. Mirror, mirror, match their interest, match their attraction. Um, you know, you can do that with body language and texting and yeah. Uh, all sorts of things, all sorts of things. Like what, so one thing, let, let me tell you this. I, I think I've mentioned this on a previous podcast. I don't know if you guys can hear all the beeping and, and truck noises and shit, but snowed here. So the fucking plows outside plowing. It's wonderful. Um, <laughs> yeah. We're, we're I, supposed I, to get about three to five inches here tonight. I, yeah. yeah, I, yeah. I apologize. I think this, this episode is not coming out until June too. So people are like, what snow, but yeah, at the time of this recording, it's, snow here in Colorado. Um, yeah. yeah. So what, what were we talking about? We were talking about, uh, get to rejection quickly. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. So, um, matching interest. So at the time of this recording, I just did one with Luke that should have dropped, uh, maybe a week or so before this one, um, week or two before this one. But my ex-girlfriend came sniffing back around the one that I was dating for right. four and a half years. I talk about all the time. The one that I, you know, I said, it's always in the back of my mind how she wanted to hook up on the first date. Well, we went and had our date and it was a very good date, but I went into it with a game plan because I am not interested in, in rushing into a relationship with her again. And there were some questions at the end of the relationship that I, you know, I needed answered, you know, cause I kind of felt like she probably cheated on me at the end, at least if not like actually physically cheated on me like she was thinking about it or at least like starting to catch feelings for somebody or at least trying to monkey branch right right and um so i went down there and also i knew that you know in the past she would always be able to have her way with me you know you know if she would if she offered up the sex i would jump at it you know so i was like okay i'm going down there i'm going to have a good time with her i'm going to be a 3% man. I'm going to show my body language. I'm going to let her do 80% of the talking. And that, and, and Luke and I, you know, came up with this game plan. Like at high points, I would ask her questions to get my, my questions answered. Right. So absolutely did that. Just went and had a great time with her. She tried to get me to go back to her house, like right after drinks. I was like, no, I don't want to go back to your house. Let's go play pool. So we went and played pool and stuff like that. Got really excited. She ends up like making out with me at the, at the, uh, pool hall. And, and so then I asked her the first question, which was, Hey, when you reached out to me in September, were you starting to like lose attraction for your boyfriend? And she's like, yeah. So that tells me she's definitely a monkey brancher. And, and then, you know, uh, same thing. She just kept, kept trying to get me to go back to her place. And I was like, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. You know, like respect my boundaries and stuff like that. You know, like I was really just being very firm on that. And then, you know, when I asked her if she started seeing that guy at the end, she said no, but I don't, I don't necessarily believe it, but, um, but I'm like, so, but like, so I'm at the point now where I'm like, okay, I'm cool with maybe putting her back in the rotation. I don't think I'll, she'll ever be my long-term girlfriend again, but I'll put her back in the rotation. Why not hang out, have fun, hook up. So the next time I, I go to set a definite date, she's got to come to my house. Cause I just went down to where she's at. And then for four and a half years, 90% of the time I was going to see her. I came to, I went to her. She rarely came up to see me. So oh, yeah. if she's not down to come to me, she's not putting in the effort and she can fucking kick rocks. 
So long story, but long story, but she's got to put in some fucking effort too. Yeah. That's the approach I took. She's got to come to me. Uh, when my ex reached out to, um, get back in touch, you know, I, I was busy, I was working, I was doing my thing. And, uh, she made plans with me to come to my place, came over, we were going to talk. And, uh, I, I wish I would have stuck with that kind of plan with, like you did, you know, uh, stick to uh, having boundaries and not hooking up because we ended up making out and one thing led to another and we hooked up. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, it, it's easy to let that happen. Yeah. And that, you know, that's where the cart got in front of the horse and got sucked into thinking, okay, things are going back together. We're going to get back together, but we weren't back together yet. And uh, that's where things just fell apart. And, um, after hooking up a few more times it was like okay should we talk about this now are we getting back together or not and uh so you did you bring that up because we're we're supposed to bring we're supposed to let them bring that up exactly and that's where i i I broke my own rules and didn't stick with the principles and i i brought it up out of frustration just that uh i didn't want to be a hookup and um that was my way of saying you know i don't want to be a hookup i'm out of this I, you know, I, you know I, I think that's respectable that though. At the, if, like in that circumstance, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Right. Because I mean, really the idea of letting them bring it up first is because you're interested in being in some kind of relationship with her and you don't want to scare her away. That's what, so like I did, I did a TikTok on that recently too, which is, yeah. you know, I did a whole thing about like, you know, women are more attracted to men whose feelings aren't clear. And of course there's women arguing with me. Oh, I want to know how he feels and stuff like that. It's like, no, bitch, no, you don't. Yeah. You know, if, if you really want to be in a long-term relationship for a guy, like a guy will just come out and say that shit. I love you. I think I'm falling for you like way too early and scare you away. I go, you, yeah. you know, but I go, but if you, once you bring that up first, like it's okay for a guy to say, no, yeah, no, I'm totally into you. Like, let's, let's do this. But if you've, if you're, um, if you're, I don't know, like if, if uh, your, your ex, right, you're trying to get back with an ex or whatever, they're come sniffing back around and you can sense that they're just using you, you know, for hookups and stuff like that. And they really, like, I, I, don't, I don't think it's wrong to bring that up. Oh, where the fuck is this going? Because I don't want to just keep being your, being your fucking piece of meat. Yeah, that's where, you know, I didn't want to be a second option and I didn't want to just be a hookup. Yeah. And um, definitely with that uh i was reading the rational mail and um uh let me see here i guess i just kind of lost my train of thought there it happens yeah yeah (laughs) Uh, where was i gonna go with that um yeah i didn't want to be a hookup Mm -hmm. and i i guess where i should have instead of cutting that off I should have just stayed focused, keeping that as, okay, I'll keep this as one of my plates and um, keep spinning it, keep her in the rotation. And I should have just left it at, hey, I'm fine with hooking up. Yeah. Uh, you know, let her sort out her emotions rather than giving away my emotions and uh, let her come to that conclusion. Yeah. You know, coming, coming out and saying, hey, this is it you're forcing her to make a decision before she's ready to make a decision. And you're, you're asking for, you know, rejection at that point. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. Like with my, my ex at this point though, 
seeing as, as how like I absolutely don't want to be exclusive with her anymore uh especially since I know that she's a monkey brancher you know um I think like some guys will say all women are I don't know if all women are monkey branchers but uh just the fact that that if I'm slipping up she's gonna start reaching out to male orbiters and stuff like that just does not sound good to me so that's a huge red flag so like but but like I like I'm like I said before, though, like I can't, I just don't, I don't want to go show up at your house and bang you and then go home, you know? Yeah. Cause, no. cause she did, she did that to me like right after we broke up, we, uh, we broke up and then like, you know, like a simp, this is all before I got into 3% man stuff, but like a simp, you know, I was like, I came crawling back going, you know, I, I think I've, I made a mistake here. Like let's rekindle this. And at that point she, she didn't want anything to do with me, you know, but she was more than happy to have me come down hit it and then she was just like why are you still here after i was done you know like what like what am i like some kind of fucking prostitute i just need i just i drove an hour to see you we hooked up and now you just want me to drive an hour home like i can't i can't do that and i won't do that and i and i don't want her to come over and do the same thing you know like if we're gonna you know if she's gonna be in the rotation like let's go have some fun you know let's go out let's go let's go have some drinks let's you know let's go do some fun activities we can hook up then and then keep this you know, keep this not serious. I think that's fine, but I want to have fun too. You know, I can't, I'm not just, I'm not just here for the sex. Yeah. I don't want to feel like a pizza. You just call it up, order it. Yeah. And it comes to the store. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think. You know, I, now I, I understand how women feel, you know, they don't want to just come over, have dinner, a movie, hook up, and then you kick them out the door at two, three in the morning. You yeah. know, it, it makes you feel like a piece of meat. It makes you feel like you're just being used. And uh, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I'd rather have a good, a good time. Like you said, you know, I agree with that. Ladies, if you're, if you're listening, which I think I, I have a lot of la- lady listeners now, I like 60, 60 plus percent of my TikTok followers are women and they're all subscribing to the podcast. But uh, so awesome. ladies, ladies, you're listening. We're not just pieces of meat. Okay. Okay. We have feelings. <laughs> <laughs> we can sympathize with feelings. We won't, yeah. we won't give you away give away all our feelings yeah yeah empathize empathize. if they work hard enough if they work hard enough that is yeah (laughs) they gotta work just as hard as us exactly exactly we got all the pressure of making all the fun exciting days making the plans you know but that's the fun part we enjoy that at least i do i love it when uh i come up with a plan for a date and it's a complete success and she's just having a blast you know then i'm just like fuck yeah oh yeah I did, I did a good job. You know, I like knowing that I did a good job. You know, I'm, I'm a words of affirmation person when it comes to like the five love languages, you know, like I like knowing that I'm doing a good job. That's just me. Um, let me ask you a question, man. So we've talked about dating. We've talked about uh, all this kind of stuff, kissing, but uh, like every man needs to focus on their purpose or mission, Right what yeah what's your mission right now um mine is always just to uh really work on my career i've i've always had a goal of mine to just always be moving forward in progress um ever since i graduated high school starting out making five dollars an hour you know the next job i got was seven dollars an hour nine dollars an hour and working up the ladder um 
uh, it's tough. Sometimes you got to take a pay cut for a better job or something that you really um, matches your goals and ambitions with life. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I'm a contractor. I do a lot of uh, commercial flooring, construction work. And uh, so I'm always getting into new new jobs. There's always something coming up. Uh, with COVID, things have been slow, but uh, things are going pretty good right now. And um, that's what I'm focused on. I'm focused on just getting back out there, hanging out, having fun, hooking up and uh staying focused on on work and uh and that right now um with uh, the snow we got coming in tonight where it looks like uh, we're gonna have a day day and a half long storm here so i'll probably be out snow plowing tonight for probably till tomorrow afternoon it'll mm. be, a, be a long day get a lot of audiobooks in <laughs> yeah <laughs> and uh um, so that's, that's where I'm at right now with things. Uh, I'm not going to rush into another long-term relationship. I'm going to, you know, go back to the principles and, um, that's my, my, my focus right now. I dig it. I, you know, going back to what you said about sometimes you have to take a pay cut. Uh, yeah. I don't know if a lot of guys realize that, that that's not always a bad thing. I, um, when I, my first job, so I, I work in information technology, you know, for a living uh, one of these days, this podcast is going to be my full-time job, but not, not today, but so I work in information technology, my first it company I worked for, they paid me pretty well. And I was just doing like help desk, desktop level support. And, uh, I ended up like button heads with the, the manager at that place. And so, you know, I ended up getting let go. And so I had to, you know, and at that time I was like the, uh, you know, the only person working, my wife didn't work. I had a baby girl at home. I had to get, to get back into a job fast. You know, I didn't have the luxury of like holding out for a better paying position. So, um, I put resumes out there like that first week, you know, and then like the second week I spent the whole time interviewing. And then I picked up a, a gig at another company that paid decent, but it was like, I had to take it at like a $5,000 a year pay cut. And, at, and when I first did that, I was just like, oh shit, this is terrible, you know, but whatever I need, it'll pay the bills. We'll just cut, you know, redo the budget and, and we'll make it work. But it was the best thing I ever did for my career because that was a smaller company. I was able to move up faster in that company. I, I, I when I got there, I, I came from a big like tech firm where we were dealing with like 600 help desk calls a day. And so I got, I was just like swamped all day dealing with triage and all this stuff with people's issues. And when I went to that company, like they had two other help desk guys that were just struggling to fix problems. And I was just bang, closing tickets out because I was used to a much higher path, higher paced environment. And they saw that they're like, Jesus Christ, this guy just fucking kills it. And so they, they immediately like, you know, like I would say like after my, uh, you know, half a year being there, they promoted me to a systems administrator. So I immediately went from being like helped us desktop guy to like the next stage of my career. And, and then from there, I was able to get an even better job and a better job. So like, if I didn't take that step back, I, you know, I wouldn't have been able to move up as fast as I did in my career. So it's, it's not always a bad thing to take that step back. Yeah. The principles in the book can be applied to more than just dating and relationships, you know, keeping your options open in all aspects of life. You never know what door is going to open for you and you can't be afraid to walk through that door. Sure. 
it's some of it's law of attraction, you know, sometimes like, so like your focus is like, you know, working on your career and stuff like that. And at that time, my, my goal at that time. So my mission at that time was, okay, I'm going to learn to be the best help desk desktop technician. I can fix computers, just be the best goddamn what I can. Then I want to move into systems administration. I want to learn networking. I want to learn servers and stuff like that. And then I want to move into management and that all worked out in sequence like that. Um, and it, but it happened very quickly because that was my focus and things just sort of lined up jobs just sort of fell in my lap. And that was all just because of law of attraction. It's just like, you know, the universe said, Hey, by the way, here's this new opportunity and you just gotta be ready to jump at it. You know? Yeah. (laughs) You know? Yeah. hundred percent. They say, you know, how's that saying go? It's not what you know, it's who, you know, sometimes (laughs) I I think sometimes that can, uh, every, every job I've had in it has been because of someone I know, honestly, uh, my first one, I got my foot in the door because my, my ex-wife at the time, uh, you know how we're supposed to put a positive spin on past relationships. My ex-wife was really great at networking. She was really good at meeting people, swapping business cards, you know, making relationships with, with people like that. And so she had a gal that she went to college with. Her husband happened to run the help desk for this tech company. And she goes, you know, my husband's going to college for this stuff. Could you get him a job? And he's like, yeah, we actually have an internship. Got me my, got my foot in the door at that place. And then when I left that position and got the job where I had to take that step back, one of the guys I used to work at at the tech company was working there as a desktop guy. And so when I walked in, I saw him and I was like, oh, hey, what's going on, Serge? You know, and like we, we had a conversation and the, and the help desk manager saw us interacting so after our interview, he went and talked to that guy. He's like, so do you know this guy? And he's like, oh yeah, he's great and stuff like that. So because of his recommendation, got that job. And then guys that I worked at at that tech company were at another place. And so that they offered me a really like huge pay jump to go work for them. So I went and did that. And then the company I work for now, one of the guys, one of those two guys that originally pulled me to that company left and was offered a position at the company I'm at now, but he turned it down and, but told them, Hey, I have a guy that has all the exact same skills as me. You know, I'm going to have to turn this position down, but here's his name and number. So they invited me into interview and I knew everything that he knew. So they just, they just hired me like right there on the spot. So it was all just, you know, all this networking people that know each other. And it's, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it is really a lot about who, you know, (laughs) for for sure. For sure. Uh-huh. And, and I think that's where uh, Corey mentions, you know, to leave the door open, you know, like with relationships, you can leave the door open with jobs too. Mm-hmm. You know, if they say, Hey, this isn't working out. Okay. Respect their decision and move on and say, okay, if you ever change your mind, you can always come back, you know, same thing with careers and jobs. Yeah. You know, I've, I've gone back to work for uh, other contractors at times, you know, just say, Hey, I, you know, I got a, Oh, I think you froze up on me there. Oh, there we go. Hey, you there? It dropped, dropped you there. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, so you, you were, um, what were, what were you, you saying know, though? Like leaving doors open? 
Yeah, leave the door open. Um, I've gone back to work for other contractors uh, um, over the years. Uh, it wasn't any reason that I left that things weren't working out. Mm-hmm. There's just a better opportunity or work closer to home uh, that was less travel. And, uh, you know, anytime I'd call them up, and they'd be more than happy to take me back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always, I, I never think it's a good idea to burn those bridges, especially in business. Um, but going to relationships though, and going back, like we, we've talked about exes and stuff like that too. And Corey is like, Corey has, talks about in his book too, like the seven principles of getting your ex back. And he doesn't believe that, you know, when you break up with someone that it should necessarily be negative, right? Like you should, you know, it's okay to be friends with, with an ex and stuff like that. But like, how do you think that contrasts with, cause you're reading the rational mail and Rolo Tomasi's uh, iron rules, like iron rule number seven says that, you know, basically it's time and effort better spent trying to find new women than it ever is to get back with an ex. Like, how do you like yeah, balance I, that, um, that, that, contr- that contradiction there? I'm starting to learn, uh, you know, like the iron rule says, you know, that's like rooting through the trash. It's dirty. Your neighbors see you do it. And uh, I'd say with with my relationship with my ex-fiance, that's kind of how I feel with this one. I got to stick with uh, Tomasi's rules. Um, but with other relationships, I would go with uh, Corey's recommendation. Just leave it open. You never know how things will work out. You know, a lot of people try to go out looking for the grass is greener. Mm-hmm. And they find out, well, I had it pretty good with that person. Maybe I misjudged them or didn't know them enough. Uh, just with um, dating, right? Uh, this past summer, you know, I went on a few dates with a girl and then obviously she had another plate she was spinning. She went and pursued that. I was, uh, spinning some, uh, plates and, uh, then she reached out four months later and, you know, we went out for a date and, uh, things hit off pretty well. And, Mm -hmm. uh, that topic came up. She was like, you know, so what happened with you? And I was like, well, you know, I've been seeing a couple women and she said yeah I was seeing a guy I decided to give him a chance and uh she had kind of apologized for ghosting me but uh Mm -hmm. she just kind of slowly faded out communication with me Mm. and um that's just where it was at you know but I had no problem getting back in touch with her and she had no problem getting back in touch with me yeah what so So, I've, I've heard this in the in the red pill community a lot too and you know me I'm I'm more purple pill, you know, <laughs> I'm more purple pill than red pill, but, uh, like the red pill guys, they, they talk about that as like a, a perfect example of hypergamy, right. Where a woman doesn't want to be with you because she feels that this other opportunity, this guy's more alpha than you. Right. Cause the women are always trying to go for the more alpha option. And so they'll go after this guy. And when it doesn't work out with this guy, then they come back to you. Cause they're like, Oh, I, actually, I can't do better than you, you know? And so at that point, like yeah. you're a plan B and like, you shouldn't ever take a woman back like that. Um, I mean, I, I think that with that gal yeah. who you were just sort of casually dating and she did that, that's, that's a different story. But if you're like in a relationship with someone and they leave you for someone else and then come crawling back, that's, that's some bullshit. <laughs> that's a, that's, yeah. that's kind of a red flag for sure. For sure. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that's in, in, in women's nature to be in the search for um, 
you know, the most dominant alpha male and always in search of something better. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's why it's that's why it's important to always stay on your game and always continually date and court. Yeah. The so woman that, you're in a relationship. So that you, you stay keep that her. alpha male. Yeah. Yeah. You got to keep that relationship together and keep that excitement up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah 100%. So um all right, brother. Well, I think we're, we're pretty close to an hour. So let me just ask yeah. you one last question. It's the question I ask everybody, you know that. Uh, but what does being a 3% man mean to you? To me, it means uh, always being, you know, focused on your goals, always being a better than you were yesterday, in my opinion, you know, continually climbing the ladder of life and not having any regrets on the way, you know it's life is always evolving, always getting better. You know, every, every day you wake up and the sun's shining, it's another day just to be on, on top of the earth and not six feet under. So enjoy <laughs> it, live it to the best. I love it. My <laughs> That's da- my, my, my dad philosophy. says that too. He's in his seventies now though, but, Oh, I think I might've dropped you again. Yeah. My dad oh, says, my, my dad always says, uh, any day above ground is a good day. <laughs> that's a that's a good uh good mentality to have well ryan i appreciate you uh joining me i'm glad we were able to to finally do this and uh enjoy your snow plowing tonight brother yeah thanks i'll uh (laughs) stay safe on these icy snowy roads (laughs) good man you you stay stay warm out there in colorado (laughs) i will i got a date tonight i got a date tonight with uh with a teacher gal from montrose so Hopefully she can help me with that. Okay. (laughs) All right, brother. I'll talk to you later. All right. Bye. Ryan, thank you for joining me. I know it wasn't easy for you. I know we scheduled this a couple of weeks ago and uh, you had second thoughts about it and sort of, (laughs) sort of ghosted me, but uh, I appreciate you taking the time uh, and, and, you know, coming on, telling your story, talking about your ex, working through some of that stuff. I think that is very valuable to other guys listening. There's a lot of guys that are caught up with dramas with their ex. And I feel like the conversation and the stuff that we talked about can, can probably help a lot of people. All right, brother. I wish you all the best. And everyone else that's watching, we'll catch you next week. Thank you for listening to Come On, Man. If you're new to the podcast, I highly recommend reading How to Be a 3% Man by Corey Wayne at least 10 to 15 times. I recommend you watch his coaching videos on YouTube, and I recommend that you engage with other 3% men in our 3% Man Facebook group. Links to all of these are in the show notes. If you like this episode, please give us a good rating on your podcast platform of choice and share with all of your bros. Now go out and get it.